I'm the Failing Youth Pastor, and welcome to the Failing Youth Pastor Podcast. Well, welcome everybody to episode number 12 of the Failing Youth Pastor Podcast. I am your host, Travis Barry, a.k.a. The Failing Youth Pastor, and we're going to be talking about short-term mission trips on this episode of the podcast, and we're going to be asking the question, are they worth it? So I was hoping to do the parachurch versus organized church uh, discussion, but unfortunately that hasn't come together quite yet. I'm hoping that sometime maybe next week or the week after that that discussion will take place. And uh, a good buddy of mine from Youth for Christ will be here to discuss how can the how can the parachurch and the organized church work together um, to affect gospel change in their community. So I'm thinking that'll be a a really good episode and and hopefully one that, Lord willing, sparks discussion within your communities on how you can partner with those organizations to better your ministry and to spread the gospel and share the gospel with students. So let's go ahead and we're going to jump into this episode. But first, we have a really fake sponsor of the day. This episode of the Failing Youth Pastor podcast is brought to you by Prank Star. Look, you know that your church secretary needs a good pranking, so you need Prank Star. PrankStar is the world's first subscription prank service that delivers top-notch pranks to your door for you to use. With boxes starting at just $20 a month, it's a steal of a deal. You have the starter pack of pranks, which includes classics like the whoopee cushion, clear plastic over the toilet seat, and a plethora of gross insects and rodents sure to make people squirm. Or you could bump up to the ultimate box and get the highest quality pranks sent to your door. You don't want to miss out on these gems. Order your box today at prankstar.com backslash FYP. Want to be the ultimate prankster? Go to Prankstar. So now that we're done with that nonsense, let's jump into the meat of the episode talking about short-term mission trips and whether they are worth it or not. So I'm going to kind of break this down with the bad, the good, and the great, and then give you my final thoughts on short-term mission trips. So the bad. I think there are some bad things that can come out of short-term mission trips. The bad comes when students or even ourselves get the view that missions happens away from home. Mission happens out there. It doesn't happen here. 
missions happens when we go somewhere else to share the gospel. It doesn't happen within our schools, our communities, our workplaces, or even our homes. When in fact, God may be calling us to the mission field that we live in. And that can be the bad of short-term mission trips where students get a sense that, well, I have to go to be a missionary when in fact being a missionary is really being an evangelist, being somebody who carries the good news with them wherever they go and does so and shares that good news through serving others, through loving others, and by sharing Jesus, by preaching Jesus to other people. And I think that is one of the negatives that can come from short-term missions trips. The good. So there's a lot of good that can come from a a short-term mission trip. Short-term mission trip, crips, not not crips. I'm not a gang member, I promise. Short-term mission trips can show students um, that it's possible for them to step out of their comfort zones and, and do mission work. It also can give them a, a sense of how blessed that they are for the simple pleasures that they have in life that they probably take for granted. Uh, things like clothes or clean water, food, warm beds, all of these things we take for granted, I think it helps students to have a a sense of gratitude when they do see that there are people outside of their communities or inside of their communities. Because let's be honest, a lot of times we kind of turn a blind eye to the poverty that happens around us. And maybe I know in my context, a lot of that gets hidden it's, it's out of view, it's, it's out of sight. But for students who are going on these mission trips, they're going to encounter people who maybe don't have a home, who, who encounter people who don't have access to, to food or a job. And it should give them a sense of, of gratitude. And hopefully that, that gratefulness lasts their entire lives or at, at least a week after the trip is over, but I think seeing what people don't have can be a benefit to them personally in being grateful for what they do have, which I think is a good thing. That is a good thing uh, for students, and of course, stepping out of their bubble, uh, stepping out of their comfort zones, and actually doing some hard work or uh, working on being personable with other people who maybe don't look like them, who who maybe don't speak like them, is a good thing as well. It gives them some confidence knowing I can actually do this. And that's good. That's a good thing. But I also think there's a great aspect to short-term mission trips, or at least the opportunities there for it to be great. And that is that short-term mission trips can be a, a launching point to encourage and train students not to leave their passion and and their boldness out on the mission field, but to bring the light of Christ into their communities. The trip in and of itself shouldn't be defined 
by how far you traveled to get to your serving destination. It shouldn't be about the experiences that you had on your quote-unquote off day. It should be about the opportunities that you had to share Jesus with somebody else. Whether that's giving a cup of water to somebody, whether that's feeding somebody, or whether that's actually praying for somebody or sharing the gospel with somebody, those are the things that we should be celebrating. Those are the things that we should be excited about as as Christians. And when we get excited about those things, we are encouraging students to bring that back into their communities, into their homes, into their uh, schools, into their workplaces, into their communities, to their volleyball teams and basketball teams and football teams. When, when we celebrate those, those serving opportunities, we show them that those serving opportunities are important and that those serving opportunities exist within their own communities. Students need to know that they can share Jesus with their peers, with their teachers, with their coworkers. They need to know that it is within them through the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness for the goodness and the glory of Jesus Christ as their Savior. And this is where the hard work of the youth pastor and the youth leaders begins. The hard work of the youth pastor actually starts when the mission trip is over. I have been guilty of, of this mindset. You go out on a trip and you, you go and, and you serve and you come back and everyone's safe and sound and everyone had a good time and you served well and, and you did devotions every day and, and you, you debriefed every single day after serving was done and you got them home safe and sound. Parents are happy. Kids are happy. And they go sleep uh, in their homes for like three days. And you kind of knock off to your home and, and you see your family. And you get to kind of take a break, right? Because you have just been gone for a week or however many days you've been gone. And this is where I've had to learn over the years. If you want to do an effective mission trip... It cannot stop there. Your work isn't done with that mission trip. Once you get everybody home safe and sound, your work isn't done. In fact, your work is just beginning because if you want to have, if you want this mission trip to have a lasting effect on students, you need to do everything in your power to bring to your community what happened in another community. And this this is what I mean. We should be following up with students, especially those who the trip impacted the most. Those who changed radically, who came out of their shell a, a lot, those who maybe expressed an interest in learning more about evangelism or about mission work. We should be following up especially with those students, we should be having meetups after the mission trip is over to after we've been separated from the mission trip for a while, we can come back and debrief and and share the things that went amazingly well, share the struggles, shared what we learned, and then to share and encourage 
one another, to share with and encourage one another to take what we learned, to take the, the, the things that we did on the mission field and apply them to our context right now. Jesus doesn't want part-time followers or part-time missionaries. He wants full-time disciples who are intent on making other disciples. And your students, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can be those types of disciples. And I believe short-term mission trips can be just one tool, uh, one, one experience, one thing out of many in your ministry that can help form those disciples. When students get a taste of what it's like to share Jesus with somebody else, we need to continue to grow that, uh, that, that taste, right? We need to continue to grow that passion and, and do our best to fuel that. Of course, a lot of this is up to the work of the Holy Spirit. It's up to the work of God to, to change hearts. As a youth pastor, I don't change anybody's heart. I wish that I could. There's plenty of students in my youth ministry that I pray for intently on a daily basis that I want them to turn to Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. I want them to be changed like how I was changed when I encountered the living God. But that doesn't happen simply because I wish it to happen. It happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need to rely on the Holy Spirit. And do everything that you can as a, as a disciple of Jesus to make disciples, but that's as far as you can go. Use the short-term mission trip as a discipleship opportunity. Don't let those experiences you had with those kids go to waste. Have follow-up meetings, encourage one another, share stories uh, of things that happened, share the, the, the hard things, share the, the good things. Uh, share the the times where students broke through and and really did um, something that they didn't think they would be able to do, and then encourage them to continue that work. And if we do that, I believe short-term mission trips can be immensely successful. Short-term mission trips can be great for your ministry. They don't have to be bad and they don't have to just be good. They could be great. And so are they worth it? Well, it depends. If you're willing to put the time in, if you're willing to put the work in, if you are, are willing to do what needs to be done to make them great, then yeah, they can be really great. But it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes a passion for you to be a disciple maker so that your students can be disciple makers. So now that we've talked a little bit about short-term mission trips, the good, oh wait, I was going to say the good, the bad, the ugly, but that's not what it was. The bad, the good, and the great, we are going to move to the tip of the day. So I've got a number of questions asking something similar to, how do you get parents and students to turn paperwork in on time? Well, the answer is really, really simple. You may not like it. You may think it's genius. You may have thought of it before. 
But here's the answer. You probably have a deadline, like, and it's actually a deadline. Like, you're going to die if you don't meet this line. Okay, that's, you're probably not going to die if you don't meet the line. But you probably have a deadline set on your calendar of when this stuff absolutely needs to be in. You have to have final numbers to the place that you're going to go for an event or something like that. How do you get parents and students to actually turn in paperwork to you by that time? Here's what I've learned over the years. You set your deadline two weeks earlier than that. You set your deadline two weeks earlier than when you absolutely need those numbers. And that way, when the student comes up to you and says, look, I know I'm a little bit late, and, and but I really want to go to this. Can, 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 I, can I still go? You don't have to tell that student, no, you can't go. Sorry that you were late. You can tell that student, you know what? I can make an exception for you this time. We have some space and I think we'll be able to squeeze you in and you take their paperwork. Now, when that two week deadline hits, sometimes you're going to have to tell a parent or a student, sorry, you missed the deadline. We're not going to allow, you know, we can't, we cannot take you to this event or to this thing, whatever you're, whatever you're doing. Right. But if you set it two weeks earlier, those people who are perpetually late and we have i have those in my ministry you probably have those in your ministry sometimes people either they they just miss an announcement or they miss all eight announcements that you've sent out they miss the newsletter they miss the bulletin they miss the text message they miss the 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 website announcement they missed all of those things and they come to you late with it just set it earlier Set a soft deadline, set an alive line, <laughs> set an alive line two weeks before the deadline and bada bing, bada boom, you're going to be able to allow students to go who are perpetually late. So that's my tip of the day. Hope that it, um, that it helps you out. Hey, look, you made it to the end of the episode. If you'd like to contact me, interact with me, give me some feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter at FailingYouthPTR or on Instagram at FailingYouthPTR or you could email me at FailingYouthPastor at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and we will catch you on the next episode of the Failing Youth Pastor podcast.